Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. How do I bring this class out to the world for someone who would never come into the yoga studio? Definitely never come into a dance class. For me, someone who doesn't do much yoga, I do enjoy it when I do it. This looks like fun. I want to create an experience for people to get in their bodies that is approachable. Maybe you're coming because you want to get in your body. Maybe you just want to be out and entertained. Something that even if you just felt like witnessing, you would feel the infusion. And then get people in their bodies in a way that is easy and accessible and they're moving energy. And I love the invitation to just witness if that's what you're called to. And it feels like a healing practice. It's different than yoga because it's stimulating in a different way. I love to teach yoga, but this practice get lost in the energy of your spirit a little bit more. And I think people are craving aliveness and creativity and music and art and culture and connection and oxytocin, which are all components of this practice, opens the heart. So when you open the heart and you move the body, people feel such a release because they're not having to process it. Motion changes emotion. What would an experience potentially look like? Literally, when you walk through the doors of any space that I'm creating, you're leaving your ordinary life. We start to have a warm up that is energetic, that gets you out of your head. You're breathing, you're moving, you're flowing. You're not worrying about getting it right. Then you have a little wisdom. You have a little more breath. You can refine your art a little bit more. You can hold a pose with intelligence and wisdom. And I'm not fidgeting so much because I have the momentum that is now at my back into a little bit more of a cool down of an integration of a, ooh, this feels good, this new body into a finish at the end that always finishes, even if it's brief with a meditation that allows you to observe the effects of what you just did and celebrates the fact that you just made a really good choice. Jane Gottlieb, welcome to Austin. Ah, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Can you, uh, here, we'll bring the mic a little closer. Sure. Yeah, even just a smidge more. Usually this girl is like loud and proud. Okay, so. we can adjust. <laughs> All right, we can adjust. Yeah, I'll keep, an eye on, wild. I'll keep an eye on the levels. <laughs> Tell us why you're here. Oh, why am I here? I'm here. Uh, that's such a loaded question. I understand Thank that too. <laughs> um, but I kind of knew the answer right away, oh. believe it or not. Um, I'm here to spread Shakti and... Mm. Um, my definition of Shakti, which I think is an, a fun thing to share. So I guess the definition, the creative wild energy of the universe, mm. anything that has Shakti is alive, luminous and desirable. So I got to mm. stay in that vibe, which is like the work yeah. and then I get to spread it. So I'm here. And you're that. here, you're doing an event. So this is uh, Thursday, February 23rd, I think. So tomorrow you're doing an event. I'm doing an event that I'm so excited about. And actually, I just want to share. Austin has opened her arms to me in the best way. She's ready for like some wild Shakti. Oh, yeah. um, at the Pershing, the way that I like to spread Shakti, it ultimately is a physical practice specifically. Be it at many other things, but we're at the Pershing nightclub style. Free, dark, loud music. Um, all the things is tomorrow night. What is the, can you kind of describe the unfolding of the event, what it looks like? Yes, I will. Um, so the idea is I'm going to back up a little bit. It's yeah. a, it's a class. It started as a class that I teach in Aspen 
And um, it's a class that has an energy of its own and it's become a really beautiful cult following, which is a hard thing to do in Aspen because I'm competing with the mountains and the splendor that is everywhere. So to bring people inside um, in the middle of the day is something that it, it had, it made me pay attention when I was like, people are coming, something's happening here. And how long ago did you open the studio or did you start teaching Shakti? Um, so Aspen Shakti opened maybe 10 years. Yeah. 2014. Wow. Here we are about Damn. nine years ago. Um, and then closed for almost two years. Cause I had, I had to rebuild into a new space. And then, um, so it's been about se- seven years that we've been opening. Now, when you closed for two years, what did it look like? Were you hosting at some other spot? What were you doing kind of in the, in the interim? We were in every spot that would have me. Yeah. And um, I have a nickname, Tenacious Jane. So <laughs> yeah. every spot that would have me from the St. Regis to the Wheeler Opera House, which is, was really an honor to be in. I mean, we turned every place into a spiritual space for everyone to come. Um, the reason I started this studio was I come from a background, ultimately Northern California of, um, really big community studios from dance and, and everything is available there. Um, and that didn't happen in Aspen. There wasn't a space to hold community in their bodies and their spirits and their minds. Um, I didn't feel like there was. There was. That makes sense uh, to some level because there's so much outdoor stuff that it's, you may be going with a group, but it's not, doesn't have that sense of uh, maybe togetherness that you would in a. It really doesn't. I mean, the restaurant industry, I think they do, mm-hmm. but there really wasn't a space um, non-denominational that people could come in whatever part of the journey that they're on. And you know, we change, we get injured in a ski town you have a lot to look at in that way and grow from. Um, so Aspen Shakti began and it's been, it's been a ride. Yeah. I think you call your business Shakti. You're in for a ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I do want to get more into the Shakti, but yeah, what is, what is the event tomorrow night look like? I, I I've got the flyer. It looks amazing. And for me, someone who doesn't, do much yoga. I have spent some time on the mat. I, I saw the invitation. I was like, oh, this is very, it's uh can't wait to hear what he's going to say. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, there was no, I'm really struggling to find the words here. My shoulders dropped when I saw, I was like, oh, this is very approachable. That's the word. I was okay, like, oh, for someone who's never heard of it, never don't generally do things like this. Oh, this looks like fun, which is not my go-to thought when I think about yoga and getting on a mat. Not, the, I mean, I, I do enjoy it when I do it, but it was just very like, come do this. It's fun. And don't bring a mat and let's play. Thank you. That feels really good to hear. Yeah. Because um, the whole point is this class, it gave me confidence to be like, something's happening here. I know something's happening here, but I really know something's happening and then I thought to myself, how do I bring this class out to the world for someone who would never come into the yoga studio? Definitely never come into a dance class. Oh know, gosh, no Peyton, my wife has been doing this hip hop class on Tuesdays and she's doing it on her. She's like, you should come sometimes. Like I'm feeling a little more pull and then she showed a video. I'm like, she's not, I'm just not 
called to that. Yeah. It feels yeah. for me, I get a little bit too much in my head with the movement and am I doing it right? And I don't have great rhythm. So I, I felt like this is very different. It is different. And then it's also different from ecstatic dance because I'm actually a dancer. So for me to go to ecstatic dance actually causes a lot of stress in me because I've got to think about how I feel in the moment, but I'm a dancer. So that's just a, oh, a funky sure. thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, so long story short, I was like, I want to create an experience for people to get in their bodies that is approachable, that is warm. And, and I hope that's my personality. I hope I lead with that. Cause I think I do lead space from that place of, of it's okay to be you, however you are. And I got you. Mm. Um, so I'm excited. You got that vibe. The other piece of this event is I notice, well, there's two other pieces. The, the one I'll wrap myself out. I'm just kind of done going out till two in the morning. So for me, me too. yeah, you too. Like Fuck for yeah. me, it's like, if I'm out, you know, if I can get myself out by seven, I, I got till 11 or 12 and that is so good. That's delicious. So I wanted there to be a, an event that was not, that was musical and radical and about being out at night. And that expression that comes alive when the sun goes down, that wasn't way, way, way late. Um, and then the other piece was, I think I, I have a production background as well. And I love theater and story and what's happening. And so I think people, one of the reasons we go to concerts or any sort of show is because we just need a little infusion of aliveness and inspiration. And typically what you see on stage is in its biggest form, aliveness, you're getting inspired. And I always notice when we go to shows, we're watching it and we're like bopping around. Um, you see that? Bopping yeah, you around. Got, you got it. You're <laughs> but, obviously a dancer. But we're not actually moving the energy at the level that I think is medicine. And so I was like, how do I create an experience for someone like you to come to that one, maybe you're just going to support the woman in your life or the women in your life, watching them in their wildness, because that is a big desire of the feminine to just be seen. Yeah. Um, so maybe you're coming for that reason. Maybe you're coming because you want to get in your body. Maybe you just want to be out and entertained. So I've got a show experience, um, fly girls, DJ, sax player, drums, like something that even if you just felt like witnessing, you would feel the infusion and then get people in their bodies away in a way that is um, easy and accessible. And they're moving energy. They're moving energy. So the experience starts ultimately with, I uh, hopefully the beginning of entering a story, a journey, you arrive, you've heated the call. Um, there's a little scratch to just have a different experience like the hero's journey. You arrive and I, I hopefully then earn your trust pretty quick if I'm doing my job using breath, using just presence. We go on a journey of getting into the body, of moving the, the spirit in the body, of feeling it. Um, I guide it so that you don't have to go ecstatic dance style. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we're all breathing together in a pretty big way and really moving, um, realizing we can all dance. We can all move. There is the wild freedom within each of us that is healing to a peak. Um, that's always its own story. I can't predict that one. And then um, we finish that part of the evening with just a little bit of a collective prayer because bodies and hearts are open. And 
I'm making it sound a little touchy feely uh, in the moment. I wouldn't say the experience is. It doesn't sound particularly touchy feely. Yeah, yeah. If no. you want a drink, have a drink. If you don't, don't. Like, hang, sit, be, be present with what is. Um, and then it transitions into people are now in your bodies a little bit more of a traditional experience of being out um, and and entertained and in the aliveness of the moment. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, the, the invitation to just witness if that's what you're called to. Absolutely. I mean, sometimes I want to be out. I don't want to be looking at my own stuff in my house at night. Right. But I also don't feel in my wildness and I feel quiet, but to be around others, it's super entertaining. Yeah. Uh, I have so many questions. Cool. How, we'll get this one out of the way. How many, have you done this event several times before? I mean, each one's obviously has its own stamp, but is this something that is, is part of your repertoire or is it something you're looking to really grow? Both. Um, this is the first time I've done it out of town. So I, I told all of my close friends, I'm like, I am terrified because <laughs> cool. I've never done it. Like people in Aspen, they I've been there a long time. They know who I am. Like I'm allowed to be wacky Jane and they trust me. I'm a totally new here. Um, wacky place here. Just so yeah, you know. So I fit in. Yeah. I think 100%. I fit in. Um, but so this is the first time I'm out of town. Um, I have the support of the Pershing. It's really cool to have a venue get it and be like, okay, the well kind of nightlife I, I'm in once a month. We'll see. And um, ideally, ideally it's, I get to work with different musicians in different cities and to share this experience. And what's your hope for this? As you say, this is, you know, kind of is emerging. What, what do you envision for this as a practice or a. I mean, like any good an entrepreneur, it's 70% there and 30% in dialogue with the community. So I can't answer it fully, but my version, my 70% is this is how I want to spread this practice. I've seen it bring people to their knees and joy. I've seen, I, I, what I really see is an open-hearted evening experience. And um, I think they're out there, they're growing. I have lots of colleagues just doing really cool things, but they're not everywhere. And so to be able to share this practice in this style venue, cause you need a little bit of darkness. People need privacy. You need to feel the music in your bones. Um, the studio that I have allows for that but to transition this kind of a class um, experience into a, a, somebody else's yoga studio doesn't really resonate the way that I like. So to be able to spread this medicine is what I really want to do. So I go to, I go tomorrow night, I have this amazing experience, you know, then, then what's there for, for people here in Austin? Like what's the next step? Well, um, lucky enough, I've been coming back once a month. If this is a, if this is an event that works, I think we're going to try and do this once a month and kind of create community. And then ideally there's some teachers here who are inspired that want to take it and make it their flavor. Um, and we'll kind of see we're, we're doing the dance Austin and, and Shakti literally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so you, are you tra currently training, uh, some Austin folks? I have a teacher training coming up, um, in Tulum and what is this? February. That's, that's in April. Um, and Austin folks are invited to that. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, totally. So I'm, I'm still in that phase where I'm figuring that out exactly, but I'm starting to have a place to land. Um, I'm starting to create relationships with venues and, and know how to do it. Cause that's just cause I know how to teach my class and lead an experience. 
doesn't mean I know how to deal with venues and logistics and cleaning and, you know, that kind of thing. So figuring out that formula so that I can hand it off. And I, I do believe in this medicine in a big way. It's changed my life. I know it's changed the lives of the people who do it regularly. They tell me. Um, and it feels like a healing practice. It feels like something that moves you out it's different than yoga because it's, it's stimulating in a different way. I mean, yoga is very stimulating. I love to teach yoga, but this practice, um, you can get lost in the energy of your spirit a little bit more. And I think people are craving aliveness and creativity. Um, and so it, it gives a little space for that. Yeah. And then you mentioned kind of earlier, like kind of getting into your body and this, this idea of movement, like why is that so important? And it, I mean, you and I both know that we spend a lot of time in our heads and, and a lot of time in our heads. <laughs> I've been spending way too much time in my head lately. And I realized that things that, um, that I've done in the past, I, I haven't been integrating those things. And so this whole idea of the importance of movement, I'd love for you to share like your, like what really inspires you about that. And maybe what's even some of the science behind it. Thank you. Cause this is like one of my favorite things to talk about. Look at that. Look at that. What are we? 15 <laughs> minutes in. Juicy already. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's Shakti for you. Um, it's already working. You know, I think there's a big buzzword going on in the wellness world around embodiment. And, mm. um, and I'm going to just like bridge the gap of, of that's truth. Walk into a room. Typically you either open light and life in a room by your presence, by the, by your vibration. Hence, we're trying to keep our vibration high all in all the ways by what we study, by what we eat, all the things. Um, and those are a little bit quicker fixes and that's okay. We're human, but you can also feel someone's resonant, like field. You can feel if they are speaking life into a room or if they are speaking death into a room and death being that isn't always bad. Things need to end too, right? We know that. But I, for me, there's, there's challenges in life. There's stress in life. There's no way that I can control that. I can control my inner dialogue and script and I can control how my body is going to respond to that if I stay awake. So to me, this movement practice and movement practices out there especially this one, um, it asks you to move so much in so many different areas uh, that it really gets into the calcification where we hold our stress, we hold our tension. And a lot of us do that, I think, because we're protecting ourselves from the feeling underneath, right? If you feel the tension and you tense up and, and we're animals, you have an experience that stresses you out, the body contracts, it's just what happens, science-based. And so until you start to bring breath and the way you bring breath more deeply into the body would be to move it and to, to begin to feel the uncensored flow of energy in the body, the prana. And so this practice, not only does it make you breathe because you get out of breath, mm. <laughs> ironically enough, um, but it moves the body so, so completely, uh, naturally, because there's music and there's humans and there's connection that it gets into the cells deeper than you can in, in, a, in a repetitive, stagnant move. You're actually listening to how your body would feel good and moving, bringing prana there, bringing the opposite of dis-ease. Uh, you're moving out 
the, that the body keeps the score, you know, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so science wise, I think that's probably self-explanatory. It's actually a healing practice, uh, and music and art and culture and connection and oxytocin, which are all components of this practice opens the heart. And so when you open the heart and you move the body, all of a sudden, you don't even have to know what it is. You're, you're moving out what is no longer alive and having an experience of coming more fully alive, which certainly is why I'm here to experience my, what it feels like in a human body to be alive. Cause that, that's the only way I can really connect from what I understand. I'm so inspired by the movie soul. Like, you know, when we're up there, we can't taste pizza. Like I want to feel it all. And then I want to know I'm strong enough to feel it all. So this also has a strengthening component. Mm. It's, it's a big world out there. There's a lot that challenges us, especially if we ask for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious, like what put you on this path? I mean, you've been 20 years in Aspen. I know you've done over 10,000 hours of yoga. Is that? Yeah, lots. Oh, shit. Yeah, I'm really teaching it. Um, what put me on this path? And I'm curious, like, what did, you know, what is a typical, uh, you know, training? Is it 200 hours, 500 hours to get your certification? Like what has shifted from that first, like, okay, I'm, I've, I've done enough hours to be able to teach to where you are today. Um, I mean, that's like, probably the most wonderfully layered question you've asked me so far, Ooh. but, um, <laughs> you know, the first answer is I'm an eight on the Enneagram scale. Like I got challenger in me. So when someone tells me that here, like do a 200 hour training and you're going to, you're going to know how to teach yoga. The first thing this whole body is going to do is like, no way. There's no way I'm going to know how to teach yoga. I got to go live. I got to go understand what this really is. And, and I got to keep understanding what it is so that I can grow as a teacher and I have something to offer different today than yesterday because we're on a journey. Um, the, a big piece of Aspen actually inspired me. There's when you really start to look under the surface of Aspen, um, part of its magnificence and its history was built on this idea that Aspen is a place for the mind, body and spirit to flourish. Um, and I love that. That's why I live there. It's why I live there. And I think it's why a lot of people live there because you could feel it. And when I looked around at the businesses, which I think is a really powerful tool to affect community and change is business is the transactioning of money. We're really into that as humans. Yeah, we are. That's okay. Um, I didn't see a lot of places that were really tapping into the whole mind, body, and spirit. I saw places that were maybe dealing with one. And so I was like, okay, this is a place for the mind, body, and spirit to flourish. I want to become, I want to, in my body, in my teaching, maybe in my business, an institute where people can explore that because that's a journey. You don't just get it. Um, If you do, I think you get kind of bored. You go again, the hero's journey over and over and over. So I just, um, I said to, to life, like I said earlier, you know, come towards me, life. I'm available. I'm, I'm, I'm strong enough in my body and makeup to handle the some big challenges. And I'm going to go out there and figure out how to integrate it in my body and then share it. So other people are, who are having a similar experience, we can connect. I don't know. I didn't like, it wasn't conscious decision. It just unfolded. 
Yeah. Um, Those are, I mean, in, in my experience, that's when I've had my kind of greatest growth is when I haven't had that uh, kind of flag in the ground to go towards. And I've just been open to what's unfolding and, and then following the things that I'm really drawn to, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, I end up at some place like, holy shit, I could have never dreamed of, you know, standing here back when I, you know, yep. quote unquote, started the journey. A hundred percent. And, and that challenger in me, I think we all have, we all have all of it in us, but I, it's been such a journey for me to integrate her and love her and also, but she's led me because I, I was like, oh, if it's done before, it's done. Somebody else's. And um, I just kept wanting to follow that energy because it's, it's an aliveness that's actually very addicting. Yeah. And so is, is Shakti like your name? Is it, is it commonly used? Because I know that, or I believe um, some of the, the, the roots of this are in, is it booty yoga? The roots of this practice body alive are in booty yoga. Okay. Um, and actually there's, there's a B-U-T-I out there, um, booty yoga, but then there's a B-U-D-D-H-I that was actually birthed in Hawaii by a woman named Jen Liming. Um, and Jen and, Bo- and B-U-T-I worked together a little bit. I come from the school of Jen. Um, it, yeah, there's some, there's some definitely components of that. Shakti itself. Um, it's a, it's a yogic term that means what I said, the aliveness of the, the creativity. It's, it's definitely a little bit of a feminine essence. Um, it's the wild feminine inside each of us. And that name, Shakti named itself. I actually didn't even know what Shakti was when Aspen Shakti came online. Really? Yeah, I really didn't. I was like, I think that's the name. No shit. Wild. That's so cool. It is cool. That is cool. I really did not know. Um, and I think part of this is all a journey to figure out what Shakti does feel like inside me. Um, cause I, I think I walk with it, but just cause I walk with it doesn't mean I know I walk with it. Right. Like all of us, um, in good and bad ways. The world can see us, our good, our shadow, all of it that sometimes we can't even own. So this is my path. I want to, I want to know I own Shakti. Like I want to know. Um, anyway, I think I got sidetracked, but lost my train of it's, thought. It's yeah. bound to happen on this yeah. podcast. We go in a lot of different areas. I'm curious because, you know, a lot of us have an idea about what yoga is and it's very different here than it is in India. And I'd love for you to just kind of like speak to, you know, maybe the guru student experience that is maybe more traditional and how it's different here. And, and, and I would argue that it is whatever you need it to be. And so it's not good or bad that it's different here versus maybe the, the traditional style of it. But I'm, I'm curious to know more about that. And, and then I, I want, there's a few places that I want to dig a little deeper. Sure. I mean, my first, I have so much reverence for the way, for what yoga is in traditional in all the ways. And I started, I learned that way. I learned how to hold my body in specific poses and breathe. Um, I didn't go to India to do it. Um, I probably wish I did. But uh, I think vinyasa itself, which is 
it really is an art form. It really stands for, it's to move with intention, to place, or to arrange or place in a special way. And vinyasa yoga um, is what blew up in the United States as something that we could all act as the householder, really dig our teeth into and understand. And it, and it helped us as, house, as householders clear our minds just a little, just a little. Um, and there's lots of, there's other traditions here too, but vinyasa was what I think I would say many, many yoga practitioners have found. Um, and that in and of itself, vinyasa is, it literally took the, the guru student pyramid and flipped it upside down. And it, it allowed the students who were learning to teach to become creative with the practice, as long as there was breath and movement. And I think that just resonated in for, for us in this country who always want to find our way and our purpose and our, and how we fit. Um, It's so ironic that is because all we want to feel is connection and yet we want to identify ourselves as separate. Yeah. Um, You know, this planet of duality, we're just going to keep on finding those over and over and over again while trying to find unity. Um, But I think that that's how yoga came to me. And then, and then I, I played with, okay, what is the structure? What feels good in my body? What feels true for me? Uh, and I was gifted along the way teachers who were open, opened me in that way because that was their training. And, you know, when the students ready, the teacher appears. So that was my path. Um, I think I have so much respect over and over again for the way, for the disciplined mind. Some people really thrive in that. Um, and some people thrive in completely the opposite and that's cool. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my guess is the uh, many people that go to y- your experiences have some sort of kind of post, um, experience happening. There's stuff moves, whether it's joy it could be sadness, but there's, there's an opportunity to move that stuff. I'm curious around like the, the, the kind of quote unquote new teachers when they come out in, in someone like me has an experience and they're just, they've, they've done the kind of blocking and tackling. They know how to run a yoga class, but they, they're not really capable of holding space for like, what the fuck just happened to me? I'm guessing (laughs) I'm not, you know, I'm making an assumption here, but you very much know how to work with someone when it's expected to have something happening, something shift, something could be life-changing. Like mm-hmm. what, like, what do you say to those that are out there that are, are maybe just getting into it or in the early stages of it? Like, how do, how do they support someone post, you know, having That's this a great topic? Um, as yoga has just become more and more accessible. It's such a great topic. And it's like anything too. We're using yoga right now. Yeah. It could be a yep. CrossFit teacher. I mean, I did a lot of CrossFit coach, I guess, um, back in the day. And th- these coaches were doing the best they could. They did the weekend certification and people were getting hurt, you know, because we were doing things that maybe we were a little bit more than we we. I don't want to say should have, I don't like to use that term, but ultimately it's, you know, on some level, it's part of my own journey. If, if I'm following someone who maybe isn't as credentialed as they could be, 
it, it's, it's, it's okay. Like there's learning in it for me. And so while we would love, we would all love to have someone that could, you know, be there for the aftercare. I do think there's a, a lot of personal responsibility that goes into kind of either knowing what you're getting yourself into, or if you don't like, just understand that there are stakes with everything. Yeah. And, um, and so now as like, I asked a question, I'm like, well, actually I almost feel like there's less responsibility on the, the kind of teacher side. I mean, there is some for sure, but we, we go in as active participants. We signed up for whatever this is, you know, can we get to the learning underneath, you know, maybe not being able to integrate that yeah. right away? Well, I, like I said, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I think the first thing I want to say is, you know, you learn to be a good yoga teacher. You learn to be a good, good at what you do by being bad at what you do first, you know, and just by showing up over and over and over again. And so that being said, I think a student, uh, they're going to feel a different resonance in the teacher who has the confidence to provoke and hold someone in their, excuse my French, in their shit, than someone who's literally teaching just the poses. And when I say teaching just the poses, I do not mean ever that it's less of an experience. It's a brilliant experience. And we're all, I mean, I think guided in some way uh, to, you know, there are no mistakes. So we're guided mm. to the classes that we're ready for and, and life brings us what we're ready for. And sometimes you can be a brand new student and walk into a room and get touched in a way. And I mean, energetically opened that you were, you were ready for and whatever, you walked into that day, it was going to happen. Um, I, I have to believe that. And I love that you said there are no mistakes. I don't, I, I'm really, that's like an, of all the things you said, like that it could get passed over, but, but I think, and it's a little bit, I think what I was trying to articulate is like there, there's something, none of this is by mistake. There is something in there. It just may take us a little longer to sort out what it is. And maybe we don't even need to sort it out. Just be curious and open to what comes next. Yeah. Which I think is really the heart of the theme of what we're talking about. This idea of, I guess, openness, trust, um, if you look outside and anywhere and you see the magnificence of what has been created both in nature and even by humans and cities and, and all of it, like there's no way you can't sort of want to take a moment to believe that you can probably rest or trust in the blanket of like infinite creativity that's around us and believe that something magical is going on. I, I yes. Mean, I, ha I hope so. I have to go there because I would, it would be tough. Well, and it's a great, <laughs> as you're saying that it's a great reminder to me that when I don't see those things, like what's going on with me and my shit that I'm closed me off too. to all of that. And there, that's when the disciplined yoga practice, the one that is, you're in the same pose over and over and over again with, for way too many breaths is really appropriate because that's going to teach the mind discipline that, okay, hold on. I'm just having an experience. Um, this isn't actually the truth of what is I'm just, you can begin to train the mind through those discipline practices. So they are so valuable. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. And I love that idea of the, you know, sometimes we can get caught up. Well, if we're too disciplined, we're missing the experience. We're not present, but on some level, 
there needs to be discipline and, and, uh, you know, a, a good friend of mine, Boyd Vardy, he always likes to say some version of have enough structure to be able to leave structure form to leave form. And it's just this idea that they both work together. And, and, and we, we know, like in our experience, it's not one or the other, it's both. It's just how you kind of marry those two things. Lifelong practice. Yeah. Right? Lifelong practice. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> I love this. I, I'm curious. Um, when did you hit 10,000 hours? Oh God, when did I hit 10,000 hours? I mean, I want to say right before COVID-ish. I mean, I hit 10,000 hours. That's a lot of hours. Oh my gosh. Um, how many years is that? How many years is that? I have to do the math and I don't know in the moment, but I was like, I hit 10,000 hours. I mean, it was, I guess if I started when I was 20, it was, it was 10,000 hours of teaching. I mean, that's just showing up every day and teaching a lot for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And, and living, and I guess I've, I've really also, this isn't in that credential, but I've chosen to make life my teacher. And so, and myself available to the teachings and being the teacher all in the same moment, all the time. It's just, it's a, it's a life approach, I think. Yeah. Well, and, and you do pull from a lot of like your experience, you, you pull from a lot of different disciplines is kind of my understanding. So I'm curious, like what other things that whether you've gone through certifications or just had these life experience, like what else are you pulling into this? And I know it could be a hundred things, but if you could kind of distill it down to your experience. For sure. I have a musical theater background. So there's a lot of Broadway and a lot of, um, if all of life's a stage kind of thing going on, um, from, I did a ton of musical theater as a kid. And then I actually had a musical theater company in, Aspen for 10 years before I did this, when I first moved there, um, I was so inspired by the theater that I did as a kid and my mentor at the time, um, from Northern California. How hard was that to have a theater company? Well, you know, when you're 23, nothing's that hard. You just do it. Yeah. You and when you're the challenger, you're just like, you just let's fucking go. See any, there was no children's theater that I was like a yes to. And I was, I literally put up posters um, I'm going to start with the jungle book and who wants to come audition. And, you know, 20 kids came and auditioned and then we rocked it. And the next play we did 42nd street and ev all, everyone was tapping and I had 40 kids. And so, um, there's a lot of theater and, and dance. I wouldn't say ballet, but jazz and a lot of theater and what I'm bringing to the table and teaching and mentoring for kids and just being, being a role model. And I chose that, I think consciously and unconsciously, because that's how I was able to step into my best self by just modeling the excellence that I felt like is available and excellence. I don't mean perfection. I just mean presence. Mm. Um, there's a lot of New York city in there of like going, hanging out at Alvin Ailey, the Ailey extension. It's their dance studio for the public. And literally I would go to New York and take and just stay there all day and take seven classes until I couldn't even think straight from samba to some tango to a Horton technique, which is a modern technique. And I would just like live in the culture of New York city growing up in Marin County, Northern California. That was just like, wow. Yeah. You know? And so that, that 
learning from people who were embodied is what's happening. I was watching humans who were expressing their creativity through their body. And uh, I I learned to mimic that. Um, Then then yoga came from Bikram to Vinyasa to having mental breakdowns of life not going exactly like you want. So me needing to find a spiritual practice uh, that came into, you know, learning to teach it, learning to my certification. I, I didn't mean to like scoot around that, but it just didn't, it isn't what made this come alive. Perfect. Uh, it isn't what made this come alive. Yeah. It might've been the opposite. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I was really frustrated. I'm like, how, this doesn't make sense what you're teaching me. I'm going to go teach. Like that doesn't make sense. I feel a little disillusioned by that, that there is a certification because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But well, you do also have to know how to move people's bodies and you do need to know anatomy and you got to start somewhere. Form to leave it. form. Yep. That. Yeah, because you, you, I think you do. You do need to learn the blocking and tackling yeah. before you can can really embody it. Mm-hmm. You know, and 100%. I know like in the beginning, it's whether you're learning how to meditate or, you know, just so in my own head with the practice, but it, it eventually it, you're able to, like I said, bring the two together where you know what you're doing and you're actually doing the thing as intended. It's like- it's So beautifully put. So what you just said, um, it just reminds me how, how tender and fragile and vulnerable it is when you're not in your body. And I, and that is one thing I do forget. I'm, I happen to be deeply in my body. It's been my whole life, but when you're not, when that's not familiar, um, how terrifying it is to be in a public space and try to feel things physically, emotionally, spiritually, breath that, um, you, you know, most of us protect ourselves from feeling those things. Yeah. And I love that I hadn't really thought about that as the vulnerability of it, but that's what it is. And then we're trying to get out of our head and then we're just so in our head and then all the movements, nothing's working. Of course not. And then that, it's just this cascade of a shit show. And you're like, why did I even fucking come? And then maybe <laughs> there was like a little breakthrough. Yeah. And you finally, you get so just terrified that you drop the defenses and you can actually get into the practice. But sometimes, again, like for me, it was meditating. It took me forever, it seemed like, until I could actually feel like I was meditating. Mm -hmm. And I was so judging myself all along the way, like, come on, man. Like, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm talking to myself. And the whole, the whole point of of why I'm doing this is to learn kindness on some level. And I'm being wretched with myself. Yeah. Tell me this, what I'd love to know, like some of the challenges throughout your life where you felt yourself stuck and then this practice or some combination of these practices really allowed you to feel what you needed to feel. Cause I know in my own experience, when I'm in those challenging stages, initially it's like protection don't want to feel it, busy myself, do whatever it is rather than feel what I need to feel. But then something allows me to actually sit with it, work with it, hopefully integrate it and then kind of move to the next kind of level. Yeah. You know, this specific more dance based practice is really interesting because the teach the music's too loud for me as a teacher or any teacher to be weaving in wisdoms. 
So there's nothing you can actually think about as the student other than keeping up, (laughs) keeping up, which ultimately, once you learn the practice, you can drop into the music in your body a little bit more. But the cool part about it is there's none of that sitting with what's coming up um, because it moves quickly and the body is, it's just moving the stuff out over and over and over. So you're actually not even having an emotional like registered experience. You're moving, there's joy and there's probably anger and there's probably sadness and there's ecstasy and freedom and self-judgment all happening really at the same time. I mean, if I could put words to it, that people feel such a release because they're not having to process it. The body's just doing it. And I, I, I always say, and, and I say it because it's so true for myself. Um, I mean, I can get stuck big time in my head and it can be heavy and it can be slow and it can be so, when I say heavy, just like thick, you know, just the emotions I'm feeling, they're the truth forever and ever and ever. And I'm never going to feel different oh. ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's Fuck. the exact things that it's, it's the opposite of being alive. So what am I doing? I really do have a few little mottos, like there are no mistakes, but one being motion changes emotion. So if you move the energy, I don't have to know why I don't have to, my brain will catch up at some point. Um, but something's stuck, something's heavy. I've become a lot of matter and less energy in those moments. And just to move, um, I, I always say, you know, if you show up for your practices, even if you can't, but you show up, they work, they work. If they work when you move, um, it moves energy. And I have a different perspective every time. I mean, I have sat, it is such a blessing to teach because you got to get out of your own shit when you're teaching. Um, I mean, I have Mm. had some shit in my life, real shit that, you know, I, people would look at and be like, that sounds hard. (laughs) And, um, the only way that I was able to have a different mindset, which really was everything was to move from where I was physically to another space to move, to breathe, to be in nature, to move my body. And I, I could have a different thought. I, that's sounds so simple. And that's just, well, 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 yeah, I think let's talk about the simplicity, like for people listening, like what can they do, whether they're working on a project and they're, they're stuck in that, or there's, you know, largely bigger things going on and they just feel like you said, the density, the heaviness, like what, what's it like a little cheat code? I mean, can you get yourself to walk around your house? Can you get yourself to walk from the bedroom to the kitchen 10 times and, and move? I mean, if we're talking really simple, can you roll your head in a circle? Can you take five breaths? And when I'm saying this, I'm saying it with so much compassion because when I'm stuck in my shit, taking five breaths doesn't occur to me. Rolling my head in a circle doesn't occur to me. Rolling my shoulders up and down, um, taking a deep breath in, reaching my arms to the sky, touching my thighs, you know, it really changes things. I mean, I think of life, especially those times where we're stuck. I think of it like a ceremony. I really do. From bigger, more traditional ceremonies to, you know, rites of passages ceremonies. And I, I think in any ceremony, when adding 
fun element of breath or music, changing the energy. That's how we participate in ceremonies. And they move things. They move us across thresholds. That's how I think of it. And um, so when I'm in those places where I'm so stuck, hopefully I've done enough of this that I have enough discipline in my mind to remind me that I can just make that half a step to the left and then I can I can see what I couldn't see before and then you can take another half a step and you can see something else it's really that self-talk that discipline of not letting your emotions be the full truth yeah and I love the the idea because it is challenging when we're in those states that's not the first thing on our mind it's the thing we're thinking about yeah and then it's the idea of kind of crossing a threshold. I even think about physically, like I'm in my office, I'm stuck with something. I literally need to step across the threshold of that room, change that, maybe go outside, maybe put some music on. Just, just, it's so, it is so simple. And who doesn't like to do that? Uh, but we never fucking think of it. I know it's it, for real, for real. Yeah. Like we just fuel the, the, the thing we're thinking about. We just give it energy by thinking about it. It's nuts. Yeah. But that's probably back to the practice just to answer it. You can't think about your stuff when you're stimulated, moving energy. You can't, which is great. So it just gives you space. And when you have space, then you can typically have a little bit larger perspective on what's happening. Okay. So for a beginner, right? someone who doesn't generally do this, what's a recommended daily dose of how many times should I move out of whatever I'm doing? And maybe you're just doing some work and you're in a good flow. And like, do you have any kind of recommended daily practice? Make this up on the spot. Yeah. That's what I expect. (laughs) Oh, you feel into it. (laughs) I'm going to feel into it. I mean, I would say, Every hour you got to do something different than what you're doing in that moment. Like you have to break the, the momentum tunnel you're on, shake it up um, and then come back and just see, see what's changed. You know, that's why I think stand up desks are so awesome. They just, and I'm not saying do the same path. Like don't go get yourself a snack. I'm not saying, you know, the same path that you do. It's really that disruption of energy. I think that, that causes presence um, that we're, I think we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm trying to think about it as medicine. It's such a big deal. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is the challenge we get, you know, we, when we're stuck in our head, we're literally stuck physically too. And, And it's like, you move the, the head by moving the body first. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, I look at it, I always think of it and I actually love this analogy. Like the brain has pathways similar to like a beautiful field that has tall grass and, you know, in a beautiful field that has tall grass, there's some pathways that the animals have taken or people that it's matted down. And naturally those are going to be the easier ones to go to because it's matted down. It's the ones you would go to. And so our brain works like that too. We have pathways that we always go to. And so if you could just take a second to run through the field, walk through the field, take five steps and mat down some new grass, you're going to have a whole different thought, a whole different reality. You know, if you, I always say, and I really believe this, it's true if you think it's true. So matting down some new grass, like that's how we stay young. That's how we stay vibrant. That's how we stay alive. That's how we stay present. 
new grass has got to get matted. And then so hopefully at night grows back and there's no paths anymore. Yeah. And the idea of like not always going to the, the refrigerator to get a snack when you're taking that break. Yeah, like, that's not what it is. <laughs> keep, keep kind of shaking up the snow globe. Yeah. Bend your knees like deep if you can. Stand on your tippy toes. Things that are just a little different. Mm. I don't know. I'm, cu- I'm, I'm curious to hear about your studio in Aspen because I've heard it's one of a kind. Special place. What was the inspiration for what like the best you can? Because I know probably being in the yeah. space is obviously a completely different experience, but what is it, what is it about the space that's so special? Um, I, I think I kind of know, like Aspen in general is a pretty extreme, um, you would even say masculine place. There's mountains, it's rigid. It's, it feels, it has a masculine energy. You want to achieve, you want to get to the top of a peak and you can really feel that there. Um, there's a lot of overachievers. It's, it's, that's what it feels like. And I think that's incredibly attractive. So this was this, the space that I ended up finding or I could afford for a yoga studio was a basement space. And, um, we ended up being the first business or the first like habitants of a new building. And we were in the down, like basement back corner, back corner of a basement, like hard to get to. Like it takes literally a minute to walk from the street, a full 60 seconds down the steps, take a left back to the back corner of a basement. That's a long time. It's yeah, a long right. time. Yeah, yeah. And Aspen is like the splendor is so gorgeous. So I was like, if I'm going to do this, number one, there's, it has to be absolutely beautiful because nobody's going to come down here. <laughs> um, and I also wanted it to feel exactly the opposite so that people's nervous systems could get some balance to what it feels like to be at the top of a mountain. I wanted it to be nurturing. I wanted it to actually be very womb-like and warm mm. and inviting and very feminine. Um, and, and that feels like a safer energy to work on yourself. You're held. The space itself is held. Um, because we were the first people in the building, we ended up being able to write affirmations and prayers and every, you know, all the languages that we could collect, um, and really infuse the walls with, with goodness, with high vibration. And, um, and I also, I believe strongly wherever that space is beautiful. And it's a surprise. Um, we call it the heart cave of Aspen. But if you're going to work on yourself, uh, it's hard work. It's, it's hard to look at the things you don't want to look at. That's just hard. And that's cool. And so I feel like to have a space that supports that, that you love being in, that you feel good in, that feels beautiful, it just supports the willingness to do the work. And that's why. Mm-hmm. Sounds amazing. It's a special. And for people that are listening and want to drop in and we'll have links in the show notes and all that, but, um, where, um, where would they find, you know, how do they, how do they sign up for a class? Um, so Aspen you're going to find, you can sign up for a class that way. S H A T K I S H A K T I. Oh, dang it. That's okay. Aspen Shakti. Um, Shatki. Yeah. Oh no. Everybody every, <laughs> like that's how people pronounce it. Um, you can walk in any restaurant and say, can you just tell me where, where that wild Shakti place is? And it's a small enough place. Most people know. Um, Aspen Shakti Instagram too. You're going to find us. And then, uh, how often are you running classes? Every day, all day long. 
Um, there's five, give or take five classes a day. Um, I think we just don't have class on Christmas. Other than that, we're there. And then when you're not there, who else is, um, you have other, other I mean, teachers? my team is radiantly fabulous and yeah. I can't say thank you to them enough. This would never work without them. Um, all of them, all the ones that come and go, it, they are, I really ask that they walk their talk. That's sort of the rules. Um, as an institute, we, we actually, um, we have one of the highest prices of drop-ins in the country. Um, it's $42 drop-in and that's not just an Aspen price. It is because $4 per drop-in goes into a continuing education fund for my staff because I, and then seasonally I award a staff member with whatever we've collected so that they can continue their education. Cause I think if we're going to be an institute. You gotta, you gotta walk your talk. You gotta stay with it. You gotta stay fresh. That's so it's really important to me. Wow. And so, uh, how are they getting their training in general? Like how do you, how does one become a, a teacher? Is that what you call it? A teacher? Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, each of us are probably coming to the, the pot, um, with a different 200 to 500 hour training. We've all found our ways. Um, the way I hire is you have to have a certain amount of hours underneath your belt, but, um, then each of us have a little branch. Like for example, if I was going to go to continuing education, there's, you know, I'd take Samba classes right now. I'd maybe go to Africa and, and learn a little bit more about the African dance and the spirit of it just deepening. Uh, I have some practitioners who are yoga therapists and they're, they're deepening into um, how the fascia release and how long it takes as the science you know, expands and progresses. Other people who are doing breath work and learning as more and more come online about what's available. I mean, so just deepening into your field. Mm -hmm. And so the classes are varied. Is that right? Completely varied. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have everything from some breath work to meditation, to beginning yoga, to vinyasa, to strengthening classes, to the dance um, and to restorative. Mm. Yeah. How many, tell me about the, the body practice method. So that came just real quick out of COVID when we, and when everybody was going online. What was that like for you? Actually, let's was a living up. nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just mean really specifically because my business has been like a baby to me, my child. It is certainly something that I've nurtured and coveted in the best ways I can possibly do that. And um, to have the entire industry and everything that I do move from an in-person experience where we're exchanging energy and oxytocin to a solo experience online. Um, and to create an experience that was seamless online. I mean, that was a whole, that was like the fastest school I've ever been to. Yeah. How long did, <laughs> were you able to turn that around when the doors had to be closed to? Um, probably took us, I, I mean, we tried to do the Zoom thing. Okay. Zoom I was going to say, thing. was it Zoom? No. It didn't really work for what I had to offer because two things, one, 90 per, 80% of my clientele don't live in Aspen. So they already have their home studio that they were probably zooming with and probably felt safe. Um, Aspen itself, my, I did the best I could. We did a little YouTube stuff for free. We did the best we could as fast as we could. Meanwhile, I was like, what I, what do I really have to offer here? It's coming out of this dance practice. It's coming out of this. Um, I really fall. I really committed to creating a transformational journey experience and a ceremony experience in every class. Oof. And again, my theater background, I was like, 
cinema, like, okay, hero's journey, telling the story in every class. So I really had to refine what it is I was doing. And then the, the music being integrated with the microphones, being integrated with the lighting, because I also have a very dark studio. I mean, for us, it was a, a walking nightmare to try and figure that out. It was really expensive. Um, it wasn't, it was three years of getting the rug fully pulled out and then it kept changing. It was tough. Um, tenacious Jane is also known as crazy Jane and I'm still <laughs> doing what I'm doing. And part of it is cause I wouldn't have known what else to do with my life. So I just kept doing it. <laughs> yeah. So what else do you want to do? Oh, what else do I want to do? Um, where do you see this growing or what, 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 what is, um, you know, um, itch you haven't scratched yet. I think I'm really on a mission for, for powerful collaborations. I always say, whether it's my, you know, my personal life or my business life, I'm really interested in one plus one equals 11. I'm really interested in that. And so exploring the, the world of partnership and collaboration is just what I'm excited about. I finally have the team on the ground floor in Aspen. So I feel like whether it's through this dance or wherever it takes me, um, to collaborate is really what I'm most interested in right well, now. That's an amazing segue to an event <laughs> you're going to be hosting in Aspen with Be Here Farm yes. and Nature. Look yes. at you. Oh, look at it. It's happening. And when, uh, <laughs> what do you, do you remember the date? I do remember the date. And it's what a is fancy date? March 17th. March 17th. Yeah. St. Patty's day. St. Patty's day. Let's go. Springtime, baby. <laughs> um, Tell us about the event and we're going to, you know, we're going to get this, yeah. this out there for people. Yes. I'm want so them to know you about it. that up. And I'm really delighted to be working with Jared. I'm having fun. We're feeling like we're getting to 11, one plus one. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, pretty quick. So it's going to be an event where it'll start with a little bit of just an opening circle. It's a mini petite retreat, a little Shakti retreat, little infusion of aliveness in Aspen. Um, we're going to start with a little yoga practice and opening circle, move into uh, a more movement-based, dance-based practice. When I use the word dance, I so hesitate because people just get so scared. But I got you. Like, yeah, listen, I people. I really got you. Um, I would never, I would always ask you to be a little more than you think you can, but not too far. And I just know how to do that after doing this a long time. Uh, into little bit of time for snack and integration around the movement so that we can integrate the head into the embodied experience. And then into the really juicy part where Jared will be uh, sharing with us the why behind the love and attention and presence he's put into the ingredients that he uses for his products into a cleansing, um, wiping all the sweat off kind of idea, an oil cleanse and, the, and then a sound bath and face mask of just deep nourishing rejuvenation. So you get activated, you breathe, you move and you rest and then see what's there for the rest of spring. Oh, it sounds so amazing. I, I've, uh, Peyton and I went to an event that, that Jared had put on and there was a yoga practice, but um, there was the sound bath when we had the, the mask on and, and, you know, fellas out there, like it's an amazing experience. Don't get weirded out by the face mask. It's, it's awesome. So good. And the whole, yeah. it, it's, 
and I wish I could speak to my personal experience. I will be able to after tomorrow night, you but will. <laughs> I think those two together sounds so epic. I think it's, it's going to be a real experience of the hero's journey and integration. Like you practice what it feels like when you do something that's a little out of the box for you. And then you get the yumminess and all within this dark heart cave, woomy space in Aspen. Like, yes. Yes. Tell me, just, I want to hear a little bit more because you mentioned it a few times. It sounds like the hero's journey is such an important part of what you share with people. Why is that? I mean, it is absolutely the structure and the core essence. Um, and maybe land it for people a little bit who aren't yeah, as familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. So Joseph Campbell, incredibly um, brilliant philosopher, uh, noticed at one time that every culture, all the stories that they were telling sort of followed this idea of, of what I'll go through this, this waking up kind of to a moment of like, I want a little more, like there's something calling me forward. And I, I imagine everybody who's listening can remember a very specific moment of like, just being, having an itch. And then it's very natural that we would hear the itch, but sort of want to resist it. And we sort of like, come up with all the friends that, and all the allies that help us resist our growth. Cause it's comfortable yeah. seeing where we're at. Totally. But then it keeps itching. And then you start to meet a few allies who are like, well, I, I kind of know what it's like over here. You want to come? And so you, you move on this journey from resistance into acceptance, into gaining momentum and finding strength, both mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally to, 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 step up into a new reality, to up level your life, to be, to find a more holistic experience in this moment, to then this integration, this moment of like the world sees you as this new person and you, and finding your way with that and the sweetness and the, and the bitterness, the bittersweetness of saying goodbye to who once, once, who you once were. Mm. And, you know, every movie, every story, it's going to follow that on. It's interesting to us. So I figured to have someone in an experience in a yoga class or a dance class or a meditation that follows that, um, they're always going to have a feeling of triumph on some, even if it's just that they got to breathe that day. And when you provide an experience that someone can triumph in, there's a good chance they might come back, you yeah. know? And so I've, and that to me is the essence of a transformational journey and the approach that I have to yoga and dance. And if someone's going to spend money and work on themselves, I, I want it to, I want it to matter. I want it to be good. Hearing that on the one hand, I told like, yeah, I get that. That's amazing. But then on the other hand, it's like, it sounds really hard to do within the, the, the container of, of a, a yoga class or a Shakti class. Like, so how, like, what's a little peek behind the curtain on that? Sure. What is, what would an experience potentially look like? I mean, there's always going to be a ground, like literally when you walk through the doors of Shakti or any yoga, any space that I'm creating, you're leaving your ordinary life and you're stepping into the mystery. You're stepping into trusting me on some level, at least for 60 minutes. Uh, you're stepping into trusting yourself and your breath. You're stepping into a willingness to have an experience that you might not have had if you didn't walk through those doors. Um, so there's a grounding, a container, an acknowledgement of we're in the extraordinary now. Um, then you start to move through the, the, the youth of our lives. We start to have a warm up that is energetic, that gets you out of your head. You're breathing, you're moving, you're, 
you're flowing. You're not worrying about getting it right. You're just, you're moving through the youth and the ego of our life. Teens, twenties, right? Then you're, then, okay. And this is the structure that we teach at Shakti with. Then you have a little wisdom. You have a little more breath. You can, you can refine your art a little bit more. You can hold a pose with intelligence and wisdom. And I'm not fidgeting so much because I have the momentum is now at my back and I'm, I'm standing there um, into a little bit more of a cool down of an integration of a, Ooh, this feels good. This new body into a, a finish at the end that always finishes, even if it's brief with a meditation that allows you to observe the effects of what you just did and, and celebrates the fact that you just made a really good choice. So that's always going to be in there. Um, I'm really committed to that. I, I have to apologize to everybody listening right now because I, tomorrow night I get to go experience this. And they're like, God damn it. Like they listen to that. Just the unfolding of that is like so inspiring. And I'm, I'm like so far. I mean, I was, I was excited for it before, but now it's like, let's go. Awesome. I'm yeah. really excited. I'm excited to do my best. And it's, I'm stepping into the mystery. Totally new DJ. I've never worked with. He just, like it's, it's this wild moment in time that can never get back and you just get to go with the art and the magic of it. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I loved having you here. I'm so excited you're here in Austin. I'm, I'm hoping you. that you're keeping to this monthly visit and Me sharing too. these practices with us Austinites. And Me too. is there anything else that you'd want to share? You know, maybe just I didn't that, cover? Like, you did say, you know, Jane, that sounds hard. And I want to say two things. I want to say, one, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. And they're typically really rewarding. And just because it may be a hard thing doesn't mean the experience has to be hard. This idea of trusting that you've been called or your friends dragging you, whatever, you, it's a calling. And to trust in your soul's unfolding. We're all unfolding. We just are. And um, I just want, I can't reiterate enough how much, like, why would you say to yourself, well, I'm not a dancer. Why would, I mean, I say to myself too, I'm tenacious Jane. Like I'm a challenger. Like, why would I even define what I am mm. if I want to grow and be different? So I really just can't stress enough how open-hearted I am to everyone on whatever part of their journey that, that you're on. And um, I promise you, I will do my best to respect that maybe you are stepping across a, a mini threshold or a giant one. And I will do my very best to hold you with presence and love and do what I do best to help you do what you do best. And that's just like a pledge that I have. So everyone is welcome and it's not scary. Yeah. It doesn't sound scary at all. And then. And, and Good. Yeah. I think anybody listening right now really feels the. Um, the authenticity and the integrity of what you just shared. Like that's. Thank you. It's real medicine. Yeah. It's real. If you are doing the supplements, if you are reading the books, if you are on any part of a path of awakening on any level, this will catapult your journey so fast. Just by showing up, you actually don't have to do anything. Just show up and be in the energy and just try. I, I, deeply know this is medicine. Yeah, I felt it today. All right. Where can people find you? You'd mentioned Instagram before. Yep. Easiest place. DM me on Instagram. I'll, I'll find it somehow. 
that's what my team really helps me with. Um, I'm not much of an electronic girl, but um, that's going to be the easiest way. Or Aspen Shakti, you can find an email address. I'll get it. I'm passionate. I don't let things fall through the cracks. I really, really care. Awesome. Yeah. Come to Aspen. That's like the the biggest. I've never been. Yeah. That sounds so dope. Aspen. I got you. I'm in. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.